Self-care matters because you matter to Christ. What affects your soul affects your body, and you are only as helpful to others as you are healthy. Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast. Welcome to the Soul Care Matters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ryan Berg, here with... Jeff Ballard. Jeff, right off the bat today, I've got a question for you. Okay. This is actually something I don't know the answer to, but I can make a guess on on yours based on what you eat for lunch all the time. (laughs) What is your favorite food and where's your favorite place to get it from? Okay. So before I answer that, I want to know what would you guess about my answer? Um, You have Thai food a lot. So that was my guess. Good. Yeah. So I would say, yes, I do love Thai food. It's sort of a newer taste that I've developed and none of my family members like Thai food yeah. yet, at least. Yeah, it's coming. So that's why I have it here at work a lot, because like I never get to have it. Outside. That makes sense. But yeah, I love Thai food. Yeah. And a couple of restaurants around here, Thai Papaya. Shout out to Thai Papaya just down the road. And then Thai Nine over on Michigan Road. Okay. So good. So that's in Indianapolis for our that's non, right. non-Indianapolis that's right. listeners. And they didn't even pay us to advertise their <laughs> restaurants. So... How about you, Ryan? Okay, so this is not hard for me. My favorite food of all time is good old classic American breakfast food. Really? Anytime, day or night, I'll take the bacon, the eggs, the pancakes, the biscuits and gravy. So I spent 20 years in the South, too. So Grits? I Actually, that's probably the one thing I don't care for. I mean, it's fine, but I probably wouldn't order it. My favorite place around here to get it is at Yolk. Uh, I really like to eat there. A Cracker Barrel, huh? It's okay. <laughs> I, I've seen how it's made. So <laughs> I also really like Wild Eggs in Carmel. Yeah. I think is another good place to go. So yeah. So favorite food, right. Thai food for you? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't have guessed classic American breakfast food for you. Oh, anytime, day or night. I'll take it. Now I know. All right. Well, we're going to jump into our episode. We have some special guests with us today. We've got Dwight and Kim Wharton. Dwight and Kim are friends of ours. They're members of College Park Church. And we just wanted to bring them on the show to talk about what does it look like to have a flourishing marriage when you've been married for 30 years or more? You know, Ryan and I, having not been married that long, we want to know. And I think a lot of our listeners will want to know, too, what can I do to cultivate a strong marriage so that that when we're that far into our marriage, we're still going strong. So Dwight and Kim, welcome to the Soul Care Matters podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. Well, hey, let's start. We'd love just to get to know you guys a little bit. Tell us and our listeners, how long have you guys been married? We've been married just over 34 years, going into our 35th year. All right. So how did you guys meet? We met at a skating party. (laughs) <laughs> when we were, what, 15 and 16? 15 and 16 years yeah. old. Nice. 15 and 16 years old. So roller skating, I'm yes. guessing? Yes. Is that here in the Indianapolis area? Yes, it was at USA West off of, what, 38th? 38th and 465? Yes, I know that you know. one. Yes, yeah. that's it. Our kids had some school skating parties there. I don't think they met anybody that will end up marrying, but who knows? Tell us a little bit about your family. Well, we have two adult children in their 30s. We have three grandchildren. We're both born and raised here in Indianapolis. Again, high school sweethearts. I would say our three of our children, I'm sorry, three of our grandchildren, two of them live here in the city in Indianapolis, and one lives just outside of Dallas. Okay. That is fun. That's fun. I'm feeling the urge to go back to the how you met story, actually, now I'm thinking about it. So you're at the, at the skate party. Who went up to who? How did that happen? Well, 
neither one of us went up to each other. Okay. My okay. sister is about mm, 15 months older than me. And she knew I, Dwight caught my eye. So, and she knew I wouldn't go say anything because I'm <laughs> a lot more reserved and shy. So she went up to him and said, hey, my sister is kind of checking you out. And ah. so that's how it happened. <laughs> so she's a match maker. Dwight, do you remember what you thought or felt when her sister said that to you? Kim had already caught my eye. I didn't know her personally, but I knew of her. I knew her family. Kim is from a family of 10. Okay. And so in, in the in the neighborhood, everyone knew their family. So I knew that she was the youngest. And so she had caught my eye and I had a family member that says, that's the one that you need to try to talk with. Okay. And so the, the, the natural asking to dance at a skating party came for me. Yes. So Kim's sister coming, what she was a bearer of very good news for you. Huh? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on the show and just sharing some things about your own marriage and how you guys have, have cultivated over the years. First question is, what are some of the practices or habits you've developed over the years to keep your marriage relationship just kind of alive and fresh? Well, one, one thing for us that, that may be a little bit unique, Dwight and I, we ride into work together and we ride home together. Okay. So there's a lot of time to talk. So I think just us being able to talk and share our days, we kind of have a sort of a, a rule. We get in the car, we talk about work, but then after we get to a certain point on our way home, then we have to cut it off. Then work is done. And then it's kind of start focusing on what's going on for the evening. So I just think a lot of, we just spend a lot of time talking about a lot of different things. And so that extra time, I know some couples probably feel like, oh, that's just too much time. But for us, communicating in the car to and from work has just been really, really helpful. That's neat. How long have you guys been doing that? About 30 years. Yeah. Really? We, yeah. we both worked downtown yeah. in Indianapolis for about 30 years. Okay. Yeah. Wow. That's really neat. That's really so, neat. Yeah. Have you ever gone through stretches or seasons where that time in the car has been hard? It's been challenging to keep the conversation going? I would say yes. And I would add to that or supplement that, that because we ride together every day, just about, we would pray together. Mm -hmm. So that really set the tone for us to work ourselves through some issues that maybe we had the night before to get back on track as far as to respond to each other in a biblical way. Uh-huh. Oh, that's good. That's good. Trying to think, you know, most couples, maybe most couples, aren't going to work near each other, have that time in the car. If if that weren't the case for you guys, how do you think you might maybe structure that so you have that time to talk? And we do this as well. I would say intentional date nights. Mm. Uh, and it doesn't have to be a, an official date where we're going out and spending a bunch of money at a restaurant. Just a time where we're saying we're going to sit down together and have some quality time mm -hmm. and really talk about some deep, intimate things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, along with that, fun. <laughs> to be intentional yeah. about having fun. We both have a sense of humor kind of growing up together. But even if we didn't grow up together, that was one of the things that att attracted us on the front end is having a sense of humor. So having fun, laughing. Yeah. I can't tell you how, how, how valuable <laughs> that is in a relationship to have fun and laugh together. Yeah. Still roller skating together or no? Absolutely not. No. No, <laughs> <laughs> no that's good. I think that's, that's such a, a, a great point. You know, can't be serious all the time. Life can be hard. You got to find ways to laugh and have fun in the midst of it. Right. What are you, what are some things that you've purposely not done over the years in order to protect your marriage? I know early on, Dwight and I talked a lot about 
keeping things that are going on in our marriage between us. I don't share things that are going on with us, with my sisters. I'm really close to my sisters or my mom. And Dwight's the same way. We keep everything kind of Mm -hmm. in-house. You know, you hear on sports and you hear different athletes say, oh, you know, he said this outside of the locker room. Really, that should have been for the locker room. So I kind of look at us as a team. What happens with us needs to stay on our team. We just need to kind of work it out that way. So we, we agreed on that early on in our marriage that that's how we would we would do that. That that's one of the major things. Kim, what are what are some of the things you think you've probably avoided by having that guideline in place? Well, I think we've avoided a lot of because if Dwight does something which I mean we've been married for this many years, we have done things to offend one another. What? What? <laughs> exactly. We've done <laughs> things to offend each other. So, if I were to share that with my sister or my mom, you know, me and Dwight, we forgive each other and we move forward. Mm-hmm. Eh, when it comes to a mom or a sister or a sibling, they may not be so quick to forgive. So I don't, I think we've avoided some of the, I never want Dwight to be viewed in a negative light by my family. Yeah. All the things that we, you know, he and I know each other's all the, the horrible things about each other. They don't necessarily need to know all those details. Mm-hmm. So I think we've avoided some of that and our families get along really well. And so I think a lot of that, we protected that and that's really important for us. And we also felt it was really important for our kids mm-hmm. uh, as well to have that, that good environment there. So I think we've avoided some of, some of those things. Yeah. It's good. Dwight, anything you'd add to that? No, I, I would echo that. I mean, the same goes both ways. Something that we've avoided is keeping secrets. Mm. We communicate a lot. And one of the things that we have lived by is if it is difficult to say, it needs to be said. Mm. And along with that, there's a way to say everything with a little bit of prayer and some time. And so we communicate a lot, again, and not keep any secrets. And I think we're also intentional about setting boundaries specifically. Mm-hmm. Over the years, we're both in the business world, specifically with the opposite sex. So if I have, as an example, I have a, a lunch meeting and it's with a female. It could be a, a superior or a subordinate, mm-hmm. I would make sure I let Kim know that. And it's always in a place where a lot of people are around just to make sure she's comfortable with it. And it doesn't have the appearance of anything that shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. That's really wise. Yeah. Going back, I like what you said about if, if something is difficult to say, it probably needs to be said. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, in my own marriage, I've seen this, but I've seen this sitting with a lot of couples who are who are struggling where just that impulse to want to avoid hard topics mm-hmm. can cause a lot of damage. It, yeah, we, we, we avoid conflict to our detriment a lot of the time. So Absolutely. And we've done that. I mean, it's not like we, we're sitting here this <laughs> afternoon and we've gotten we've checked all the boxes and gotten them all right. Yeah. All those things. Right. Because there was a time where we didn't share things and it was later on to our detriment as it relates to our relationship. And I'll add that just by nature, Dwight is more of a upfront, let's get it out there. Let's talk about it. And that's just, I think that maybe, I don't know if that's his family, the way they were brought up, but he's more, let's work through it. My family, everything is great. Everything's, even when things aren't great, oh, everything is good. Yeah, we may have a disagreement, but we're just going to not, we're not going to talk about it. Everything's wonderful. Well, that didn't fly early on in our marriage. I was just one to kind of, oh, let's not talk about it. It's all good. And no, that did not work. So we really dealt with it. He likes to deal with things head on. And so that was hard for me because that's just not what I was used to. Yeah. So my family, we just don't like to deal with 
issues. We want to love everybody and everything be great all the time. Well, that's not real world. So he's really helped me come along in that in that aspect. So and she's helped me, I would say, too, because I can be so direct that it comes (laughs) off not in the in the best way. So she helps me to soften my approach. And that even relates to our children and other relationships that are important. Yeah. So, so I, I want to jump in with a question. I think this is really crucial, what you're talking about right here. The way you were raised plays a role in how we approach Absolutely. marriage. Kim, you're talking about a family that was a little more sweeping under the rug. Mm-hmm. Dwight, you come from a family that's a little more, well, there it is. Let's deal with it. And you say you helped each other. I'd like to know what that looked like, because that comes up all the time in the counseling office. How, how have you helped one another? Could you give maybe one example? Sheesh, man, that's a hard one. Can you think of anything specific off the top of your head? I could just think of a a general example talking about a different approaches. So if we have a difference, difference of opinion, difference in a decision, and I'm ready to deal deal with it directly because I know my wife and know that that's she'd rather not deal with it. I'd have to come up with a creative way Mm -hmm. to bring it back to the table so it doesn't appear either offensive or too harsh. Maybe a softball approach just to get her talking. And that may be just asking some questions. Yeah. Uh, because we can agree on where we want to end up. We want reconciliation or we want to yeah. be on the same page. So if I kind of soft pitch some questions along that line or even say, honey, this is where we want to end up. Yeah. It's just how we get there is what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. That's super helpful. She's helped you realize you can correct me if this is not correct. But what I felt like I heard you say is she's helped you realize you can get to the same destination, but just take a different path, maybe a softer path to get there. Absolutely. That's that's super. And then it works the same way because even even using that example, Kim may feel like, well, I'd rather not talk about it. But because of the approach that I took, she's more inclined to talk and say, okay, I do see the the importance and the benefits of talking about this, because if we don't, it's just going to recur. That just feels like first Peter Three, live with your spouse in an understanding way. One of my favorite verses. And that's, that's what's happening. I feel like that's, oh, you, you learned that that's the way the chem operates. And so you learned how to live with her in that way. And, and I can remember even early on in our marriage when things would come up and Dwight would just be, I don't know, I can't even, I don't even know what it, he would say, but it would just seem so harsh. And I'm like, man, dude, you are hard. <laughs> and so, but then I learned he really isn't. Right. He's, he's just very, very direct. And every, even the kids are like, man, my son would say, dad, you're just unreasonable. And so <laughs> it just, he's just very straightforward, but it wouldn't, and I would tell him, and I, I was very careful to say, I know your intent is not to be harsh, but that's how I feel. You're making me feel that way. And so I think when I would say that to him, he would, it would register. No, I don't want to be harsh with my wife, but if that's the way I'm making her feel, then this approach needs to change. So that's so helpful. Sometimes our passion for something Mm -hmm. good can come across Mm -hmm. as aggression Mm -hmm. and we don't know because we're just being passionate about our but to be able to move towards your wife or your husband, as the case may be, and learn, how can I best communicate mm-hmm. with you? How can I best address conflict with you as mm-hmm. a teammate, like you said earlier, Kim, as opposed to opponents? Right. And that's gold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Marriage. I always think of it this way. Marriage really is a cross-cultural endeavor. <laughs> like every one of our families is yes. somewhat of a culture in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Even if we come from a, the same culture, similar culture, we can have these things about our background that are very different. And it's challenging to, to work through those oftentimes. Yes. But it sounds like you guys were able to work through that. It's good. What have been some of the biggest challenges that you have faced in sustaining a warm, affectionate marriage? And how did you work through those challenges? I would say... 
When our kids were younger, it was hard because you're tired. <laughs> you're always tired. You feel like all you're doing is cleaning up, feeding, and getting kids to where they need to go. So a lot of times by the end of the day, I'm tired. I don't really want to talk much. I just kind of want to rest. Dwight would ask, what can I do to help? Because I'm like, I am ex- I'm exhausted. I don't even really want to talk right now. So he would come in and help. Ask, what could he do to help kind of ease some of the burdens that I felt like I was carrying, whether it be the cleaning. Dwight was all about outdoors, so he would handle all the outdoor things. I would handle all the indoors. He would take on some of the inside things to kind of help me not feel so ran down and burdened. And also, too, as when we go through our couples, different couples classes, we would always hear like teachers tell us, OK, guys, if you want intimacy, you bet that starts in the morning. Help your wife out. That all starts in the morning. So he would really be intentional about helping me, finding out what what he could do for me during before the day even started. What can I do to help? Mm-hmm. Another thing I would add as far as a challenge coming up, and, and it even happens now, children for sure, mm-hmm. when our children were younger, but also working outside the home, oh. meaning that the energy that it would take we would give all the energy outside the home and we'd come home and we're drained. And then when you're coming home and you have little ones, you're drained even more. Yeah. So we would, the first thing was recognizing where our energy went. Is, is it work or it's, it's dealing with the kids? Okay, now what can we do to try to offset that for each other? And as far as our strengths and weaknesses and our tolerance, if you will, in both areas, we're not the same. Mm. So my as an example, my workday may drain me more than Kim's workday, but then the kids drain her more than they drain me. So with us knowing that, we would offset and pitch in where we could in those respective areas. Yeah, it's really good. And I'd have to say, Dwight challenged me quite a bit. I don't even know if you remember this, and I don't even know how many years ago it was. I love to run. I don't run as much just because I've gotten older. The things are joints and things hurt a little bit more, but I, st- I enjoy working out. And Dwight challenged me that, hey, you have a lot of energy. Well, your workout, you hit that, no problem. You're going, you're going. But then when you get home, you're you're done. Mm. So it was, he challenged me, hey, you, you know, maybe you need to lay off on your workouts a little bit so you have more energy for home. Mm. And I was, the first when I heard it, I was like, dude, that's not happening. <laughs> I love my working out. This is good for me. But then the, I, I really got convicted and I prayed about it. And I thought, you know what, maybe I do, maybe tone it down some, maybe not go so hard all the time. But he challenged me on that. And I that I have to say, when he first said it, I was kind of taken back and like, man, that is, you're kidding, right? You're supposed to work out. This is good for you physically, mentally. Mm-hmm. But I, I had to t- take a look at that. Yeah. It's honest. It was, it was honest. Looking back at that, that was, that was a soft way of approaching priority. Yeah. 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 Because I think we, not just my wife, not just me, I think all of us, we pri- we prioritize what's important to us. Mm-hmm. And so when we were talking about, say, intimacy, I was, I was thinking, well, it seems like that, the running part, is more important than the intimacy part. So one of them has to, I didn't want to explain it that way. <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up that, hey, maybe we ought to take a look at this. And apparently it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so as another example of you going kind of the softball approach, mm-hmm. huh? not being too direct. On <laughs> I think one of the things I've, I've learned, too, over the years, again, in my own life, but also in sitting with couples, is we prioritize what rewards us. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we, we really work hard at our job because we get respect 
appreciation, absolutely, you know, raises, promotions, that sort of thing. But at home, we don't feel appreciated. We don't, you know, get those things. So is that something you guys have experienced before? Have you seen in couples that you've mentored? And what kind of wisdom would you give couples where that's happening? Because the, the underlying thing there with the rewards is... It's really that the truth of the matter is we're self-serving. The reward, we want something for us. But once we can turn and see it's about the other person, I think then our actions will follow. And we'll be more other focused than me focused on what brings me pleasure, what brings me reward, what gets me the the outcomes that I'm looking for, whether it's a promotion at work or whether it's big biceps or, or whatever the case may be, is if my priority and my focus is my wife, those things aren't really helping my wife, unless you want to say I have big biceps to your friends and family. Yeah. But those things aren't helping my wife. So I need to refocus my thinking to be toward my wife. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's, that's really the core battle, the central battle when it comes to every marriage, right? How, mm-hmm. how can I grow into a husband or a wife who's willing to lay myself down for the good of, of the other? Going back to the, Kim, what you were saying about that season with young kids, I've, I've found that a lot of couples struggle in that season. What's some wisdom you might share with couples who are in the thick of raising kids and are struggling to keep their marriage strong? We had a, a couple, actually, we went through counseling I can't remember what what year we were in, maybe year seven, I believe. And one of the counselors told us, and we've never forgotten it, your children are not part of the covenant. They're a result of the covenant. Mm -hmm. So it's so hard to just, we want to just focus on the kids. So we have to make sure, you have to be intentional that that's not your only focus. It's really easy to do that when they're young because they need so much and they want to be around you and they want to do all those things. But it's so important. We had to really take time to be with one another. And when they told us that, I was like, you know what? We have been putting the kids first. And that sounds, don't put, I mean, it sounds horrible when you say, don't put your kids first because (laughs) it sounds so bad. But really, this is putting our relationship first is what's best for them too. Yeah. They need to see that. And it's biblical. I mean, it's, yeah. bi- it's biblical. Yeah. And, yeah. and the emphasis behind that principle is there's enough love to go around. Mm-hmm. It's not like you, if I focus on my spouse, then I'm neglecting my children. Right. It's just different love, but there's enough to go around. Yeah. It's, you know, we have to remember that there's going to come a day when the kids are going to be gone. It's just going to be me and my spouse. And what kind of marriage do you want when that day comes? Absolutely. And we've seen that because, again, our kids are in their 30s. And how I would encourage parents of younger children, remember, they're just seasons. Mm -hmm. They're going to grow up, but they're seasons. I mean, you have the, the, the infancy and toddler and jump up to the teenager and then adolescent, young adult. There's seasons that are moving. Yeah. But this husband and wife should be growing as those seasons progress. Yeah. And you really need to put the time in because once they are gone, you don't want to look up and think, man, do we even know? Do we really even know each other yeah. anymore? What do we have in common? Exactly. Now? So you have to be really careful and, in, and in, enjoy the journey, so to speak. Even when they're little, you can still enjoy it. Because the only thing that that's what I see in a lot of couples is if you don't prioritize that way and make your spouse the number one earthly relationship. Notice I said earthly relationship after our relationship with our heavenly father. Then the kids, it that that becomes everything. And 
what you have in common then becomes the children. Mm-hmm. So then when the children leave, now we have nothing much mm-hmm. in common because we, to Kim's point, we didn't cultivate it mm-hmm. along the way. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really good. All right. Put on your imagination here. I know if you like the movie Back to the Future, time travel, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> if you could go back in time and speak to newly married Dwight and Kim, what wisdom would you share with them? I will say stay in the word because... If you're not doing that, things will go off the rails really quickly. I mean, you will find yourself trying to figure it out. And God created marriage. He knows how it's supposed to work. And we need to do what he wants us to do, whether we feel like it or not. We've got to, we've got to do it. I'd say stay in the word. So, Kim, did you learn that lesson in a particular season of your marriage? I, I learned it the hard way, so to speak, when my kids were younger. I was so tired. I was this. I was that. I had every excuse. There was really no excuse, but I made a bunch of excuses and we went through a rough patch. And a lot of it, Dwight probably won't say it was my fault, but, you know, I guess there's always blame to go around. But I will put more of it on me because I don't feel like I was walking as closely with the Lord as I should have been. Mm-hmm. But praise God, he was right there to, to, to get me back on track. We went through counseling. Things worked out well. We learned a lot. But I will say that's where I I saw that not spending doing spending my time with the Lord the way I should have been and cultivating my my own personal relationship yeah. with Christ. I can't have it through Dwight. It needed to be my own personal relationship. So I saw that, and it did not go well. Did not go well. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for sharing that, Kim. Mm-hmm. Dwight, how about you? What would you say to newly married Dwight and Kim? I would say communicate well and communicate often because that goes into conflict resolution. It goes into finances. Communication goes into everything. Body language, what we say, what we don't say. Words matter. Think about them before you say it, because even there's been a lot of forgiveness. We hadn't talked about that, (laughs) but there's been a lot of forgiveness over 30 something years. And words matter. Uh, It's easy to say to ask for forgiveness for saying something harsh or saying something you shouldn't have said, but it's it's tough to get over that. Mm-hmm. So again, communicate well, fight fair too. Mm-hmm. And when I say fight, of course, I'm not talking about physical altercations. I'm talking about just marital disagreements as far as verbal disagreements. Be courteous in that because the way you work out conflict says a whole lot about you as a Christian and a whole lot about you as a spouse. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point. I often say to couples that, you know, the issue you're disagreeing about is important, but what's even more important is the way that you engage with one another as you're trying to to talk through that issue. So, all right, last question. What are you guys hoping for in your next 10 years of marriage, Lord willing. I would say looking forward, I mentioned seasons earlier. Now we're in a season, believe it or not, of retirement. And so looking forward to that season as far as retirement and investing in we've invested in our children, but now we want to invest in a special way in our grandchildren and grow along the way. Because as we were coming up, we would kind of dream about this time in our lives like, oh, we can't wait till our kids are up and out. and We have grandchildren and, you know, we've been established in our respective careers and now. Praise God, we're here. And so we want to enjoy that and see what the Lord has for us as it relates to ministry and otherwise Mm -hmm. in this season of life. Yeah, Yeah, I I would just say really helping other young couples to just keep at it, keep at it, stick at it. The Bible, it it works. (laughs) Just encourage them to to do that, just to to stay on track. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. That's great. I I don't think I fit into the young couple category anymore. 
But I know that, yeah, those of us who are behind you really need older couples who have been thriving in marriage to 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 help us. So one of the things I'm sorry, one of the things I neglected to mention is that coming up, we had like mentor Mm. couples that were older than us, that were instrumental, especially leading up to and and during and following difficulties that we had Mm -hmm. in our marriage that were just encouraging. They were sound Christians, biblically based. I'm I'm speaking outside of formal counseling sessions, or if you will, these were just good friends that came alongside and helped us out, encouraged us. And we want to, and we, we strive to do that for others. That is so, so valuable. My wife and I have had that along the way, but we really didn't have that in our first few years of marriage. And we struggled more than we probably needed to mm. because we didn't have mature, godly couples pouring into us and or people just to go to when we were having a conflict and didn't know how to work through mm-hmm. it. So I'm really glad that you guys are investing in that kind of ministry. All right. Well, Dwight and Kim, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate the wisdom you share. Listeners, if you can drive to work with your spouse for 30 years and drive home, that's a great way to keep a healthy marriage. But if not, that's okay. Dwight and Kim, thanks for all the other wisdom that you shared about what it takes to sustain a a healthy, warm, affectionate marriage for the long haul. We appreciate you. Uh, Thank you. And for those of you listening who maybe aren't married yet, I recommend skating parties. (laughs) Might be a... Might be a good place. Get your sisters involved. They might be able to help. But honestly, thanks for tuning into our podcast today. And we'll be back with more on the Soul Care Matters podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Soul Care Matters podcast. Join the conversation with us on Instagram by following us at College Park Soul Care or email us at info at collegeparksoulcare.com. We'll be back with more helpful conversations in the next episode of the Soul Care Matters podcast.